Go with me if you would in your Bible, if you have a Bible, to the book of Luke chapter number 24. And uh, for those of you that I've not had the privilege to meet, or maybe I haven't got to know you well, I, I think you deserve to hear from me something that is important. And that is this. I believe that we live in the real world. <laughs> I believe that we're all humans. At least I think we all are. Amen. If you have someone next to you, you don't think they're human, we may need to talk. But I also feel like it's important sometimes to demystify what God does. Because we come in a holy environment on a Sunday morning and you see a choir up here singing about going back to the altar and being filled with the Holy Ghost. And it might, for those who have never experienced that gift, you might go, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into on Sunday morning? I'm here to tell you that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the singular greatest gift I have ever received in all of my life. And I hope through the Word of God today to be able to prove scripturally, not from Tim Gaddy, but from the Bible, that that gift is for you. And so I will be very upfront, very honest with this congregation. You say, well, where are you headed today with this sermon? I want to preach God's Word, and then I want to give God opportunity to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do that. We're going to demystify it. Nobody is going to do anything weird and kind of take you and put you in some room somewhere and throw a hood over you and do something. We're not about that because we can't give people the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All we can do is preach his word, give opportunity for him to pour his spirit out. And I have found he will baptize people with his spirit. People that are hungry, people that are saying, hey, it's, it's, I believe it's for me. I want that gift. And so we will have opportunity. And, and the, the call today will be not just for those that want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or refilled in the Holy Spirit. But if you need anything, if you need a healing in your body, if you need someone to pray with you and agree with you in prayer on something, that call is for you as well. And everyone say amen. amen. Luke 24, and I'll read from verse number 44. Jesus said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, speaking to his disciples, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Verse 45, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Just so you know, I have asked God to do that today. I have asked God to open our understanding that we would comprehend the scriptures. Verse 46, he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Everyone say his name. Amen. To all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And so the command is given by Jesus Christ, go into Jerusalem and tarry there until you have power come upon you. What I'm calling the promise of the Father, I'm sending it to you. But you got to go to Jerusalem and you'll receive it when you get there. So what did they do? Acts chapter 2 tells us they went to Jerusalem. 
they went up into an upper room. When the day of Pentecost, Acts 2 and 1, was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, obedient to his word to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. This was quite something. People began to hear about it and be amazed and confused, and some doubted, so much so that Peter stood up and preached about it at Pentecost, that, that great day of Pentecost. And the Bible says that when they heard it, verse 37, they heard his sermon, they were cut to the heart. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent. Everyone say, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, what promise? The promise of the Father is to you and it's to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. I'm going to lift my subject, my title for this sermon from the 38th verse and simply preach on the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you for following along in your Bible. I am preaching this morning on a topic that is far greater than what I simply can put into words. I cannot do it justice. I cannot, with eloquence or mighty impacting words, paint the picture well enough to describe this topic. And so when my words fail, I will simply tell you what God's words say. In Acts chapter number 2, Peter called it a gift. In John chapter 3, Jesus told a Jewish leader, Nicodemus, that it is a birth of spirit or a new birth. It was on Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10 that this gift was poured out, or it was an outpouring. What I'm preaching about this morning is not something to achieve, but rather something to receive. And I want to make that distinction right out of the gate in this sermon. What I am desiring to happen in this room is not an achievement of a church, but rather a reception in our hearts that what God has to give, we're open to that gift. This indwelling of God's Spirit affects us not only in the present, but it also is God's way of guiding and directing us for the rest of our lives. I'm preaching today on a subject that I have seen others experience many, many times from one coast of this country to another, from the border of Mexico all the way through and into the, the, the country of Canada. Overseas and locally, I've seen it happen many, many times. I was in Wisconsin in the summer of 1989. I was getting ready to preach in a service, and an 80-year-old man was baptized in the Holy Spirit in the prayer room before the service even began. That was 33 years ago that I watched an 80-year-old man, man well up in his years, who was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, that was 33 years ago. But four days ago, 
This past Wednesday night, a lady came out from where she was standing and worshiping in the concert. And she stepped down in the front area of this church in this altar area. And four days ago, God baptized her with the Holy Spirit. And so whether it is a lady at a concert on a Wednesday night four years ago, or an 80-year-old man 33 years ago, God is still in the business of baptizing people with his spirit. I've seen a five-year-old child lift up their hands in a service and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've seen a deaf person baptized in the Holy Spirit. And yes, they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Mothers, fathers, children, elderly, young, first-time church attenders, those who have been around church all of their life, all have been filled receiving the Holy Spirit. I got a text from Chris Dare. Chris, where are you? Wave at me. Chris texted me this past week in preparation for Pentecost Sunday, and he said, Pastor, I just wanted you to know that it was seven years ago on Pentecost Sunday that I made my way back to God, and God refilled me in the Holy Spirit, and I spoke with tongues. Robert Smith, member of our church, texts me every year, and he said, Pastor, it was nine years ago on Pentecost Sunday that God baptized me with the Holy Spirit for the very first time, and I spoke with tongues. I was telling those couple of testimonies last night to a group of people, and Pastor Larry piped up. He waved at me. He said, Pastor, I got a story, too. He said it was 49 years ago on Pentecost Sunday that God baptized me with the Holy Ghost, and I began to speak with other tongues. So whether it was seven years ago in a refilling, or nine years ago in a first time in filling, or 49 years ago for Pastor Larry, God is still filling people with the Holy Ghost. I thank God for that. I thank God for that. And so I have not only witnessed this outpouring many times, but I have experienced it myself. And I want to make sure that our perusal of this subject contains many references to Scripture. That's where our anchor is. According to the book of Acts, the work of the Holy Spirit was never subconscious. Everybody say it was never subconscious. The work of the Holy Spirit was not a silent influence, but it was experiential, and it was manifested in terms that our senses observe. We must get this in the book of Acts chapter number 2. The first time, according to the Bible, that people were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says they spoke with tongues. It was something that was obvious to the senses. The Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And when that sound of a rushing mighty wind filled the house, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance or the language we go a little further in the book of Acts to Acts chapter number 10 and verse 44. Peter is preaching at Cornelius' house, and while he is still speaking the words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The, un the circumcised believers, or the Jews who had come with Peter, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles or the non-Jews. How did they know? Verse 46, 
for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. The term itself, baptized in the Holy Spirit, comes from an original Greek word which means to immerse or to put under. It is an obvious happening. It is not a silent influence. In fact, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Watch this now. Not many days from now. In other words, the Bible is clear as Jesus speaks. There's coming a day that you are going to know you were baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, birth has a date attached to it. We know when someone is born. You don't ask any mother in this room, hey, you have a child, what's their birthday? And the mother says, I don't know. Not really sure. It's a while back. No mother is unsure about the date of their child's birth. Birth has a date attached to it. June the 10th is an important date for me. It was the date I was born. January 7th is an important date. It's the date my wife was born. December 1st is an important date. It was the date my daughter Madison was born. August 17th is an important date. It's the date that my son was born. But that's not the only birth date that I know. Because July 17th, 1983 is my spiritual birth date. It's when I can go back and say on that date, God baptized me in the Holy Spirit and I was birthed spiritually. June 15th, 1981 is my wife's spiritual birthday. June the 19th, 2005. You talk about a great night for the gaddies. Both of my children were at a youth camp on that June 19th night many years ago, both standing right next to one another, and at the same time, on the same night, God baptized my children in the Holy Spirit. June the 19th, 2005. Angela Castile is a member of our church. Her spiritual birthday, July 15th, 1999. Sam Barry is here singing in the choir today, February 24th, 2010. Daryl McKinnon is here, June 28th, 1981, is a very important day for Daryl. He was born again of spirit. June 23rd, 1995, Wendy Clark. June 10th, 1973, Pastor Larry Jimnich. August 2nd, 1987, Joe Ruff. Birth has a date attached to it. Now, the Holy Spirit baptism in some circles of modern Christianity has been relegated to a doctrine, a neat, clean piece of history, but not the present day. And to that I would simply say, I am not trying to cross swords, but I do not believe it's in the past. There is a doctrine alive in Christianity today called the cessation doctrine that somehow the baptism of the Holy Spirit was simply for people in the Bible. But you've got a lot of people in this room right now that would beg to differ with that. Because the Bible simply says we ask and he fills. We ask and he fills. I believe he's still pouring out his spirit. 
According to the scripture, the Holy Spirit is to be experienced and it is for us today. It happened in the upper room in Jerusalem and it is continuing to happen today. I'll refer you back to the text that I read at the beginning of this message in Luke chapter 24 and verse number 49. Where Jesus says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. It is in a book bearing the name, the Acts of the Apostles, that we see the apostles walking out what Jesus did. Peter preaches after the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And he preaches a convicting message to which, as we read, that the hearers of that word were convicted and said, what do we have to do? And Peter did not bat an eye. He didn't waffle about this. He simply declared it. You must repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. And then he said, the promise is to all that God calls. It's to you, it's to your children, and it's for all whom God calls. And I want to boldly rise in this pulpit on this Sunday morning, this Pentecost Sunday, and tell you he is still calling people to his spirit. He is still calling people to be baptized in his spirit. It is in his book called Why Did God Use D.L. Moody that the writer declared about this wonderful evangelist, D.L. Moody, who was um, used mightily by God in the mid to late 19th century, R.A. Torrey wrote that the thing that God got into D.L. Moody that made him so very powerful is there was a definite, and I quote, definite endowment from on high that empowered Moody's preaching. Torrey wrote it like this. He said it was because he had a very definite, a very clear and definite baptism with the Holy Ghost. It was in his early days that he was quite a hustler. He had a tremendous desire to do something, but he had no real power. He worked very largely, according to Tory, in the energy of the flesh. But there were two humble women who used to come over to his meetings that he was holding at the YMCA. One of them was Mrs. Cook, and the other was Mrs. Snow. These two women would come to Mr. Moody at the close of his meetings and say, Mr. Moody, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. Finally, Pastor Moody said, a little bit perturbed, why are you praying for me? And they simply replied, we are praying that you may get the power. Mr. Moody did not know what that meant, but he got to thinking about it. And he went back to the women a few nights later, and he said, I wish you would tell me what you mean by the power. And they told him about a definite baptism with the Holy Ghost. Then he asked that he might pray with them, and not that they would merely pray for him. So Mrs. Cook uh, told of an intense fervor that Mr. Moody would begin to pray with on that occasion. He not only prayed with them for the Holy Ghost, but he prayed by himself as well. It was not long after that on his way to England. He was walking up the street and in the midst of the bustle and the hurry of that city, his prayer was answered. The power of God fell upon him as he walked up the street and he had to hurry off to a friend's house and ask that he might have a room by himself where he stayed alone for hours. The Holy Ghost came upon him filling his soul with such joy that at last he had to ask God to withhold his hand 
lest he should die on the spot from joy. I want that. I want you to have that. He went out from that place with the power of the Holy Ghost on him. When he got to London, later on, the power of God wrought through him mightily. Hundreds were added to the church, and that was what led to the power of God throughout his ministry. God is still pouring out his spirit today. He's still giving that power. He's still declaring it over lives. What happens, you may say, when someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit? According to the Bible, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19... When someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit, they will speak with tongues. The Bible says in Acts 2, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them that language. Acts 10, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Acts chapter 19, Paul laid his hands on Ephesian believers, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. It was Peter that was preaching at Pentecost, this convicting sermon that I referenced a little while earlier that he quoted from the Old Testament prophet Joel. And he said, this is not strange what is happening today, but this, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, is that that Joel prophesied about. Did you get that? This, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, is that what Joel prophesied about. So any person who studies the Bible needs to go back to the book of Joel and see what Joel prophesied about. Because whatever Joel prophesied about is what is happening in Jerusalem at the day of Pentecost. It's not some singular in a vacuum moment that has no meaning across time. It is the confirmation of what an old man said named Joel that would happen in the last days. And so you and I open up our Bible to the book of Joel, chapter number 2, and verse 28 and 29. And Joel says, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And I will pour out my spirit in those days. Peter said, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What you see happening at Pentecost right now when they begin to speak with other tongues and are filled with the Holy Ghost, that is what Joel said would happen. Somebody help me preach right now that's been filled with the Holy Spirit. It was another Old Testament prophet named Isaiah that said there's going to come a stammering lip and another tongue that God will use to speak to this people. He said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. How many, when God baptized you with the Holy Spirit, you felt better than you had in a long time? Oh, yes. Anybody been baptized with the Holy Spirit and you feel the refreshing and the touch and the joy and the blessing of the Lord? The reason why is because it's scriptural. So what happens when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit? We will speak with tongues according to scripture. Number two, we will receive power. Jesus said... You shall receive 
power, Acts 1 and 8, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, I'm not going to bog down in this because I know some people's eyes glaze over whenever preachers say, in the Greek. But do you know what that word power literally means? It's the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamite. Mm. I don't think there's many people like this in here. But if anybody ever looks at people that get a little wound up in church when we start singing about the Holy Ghost and say, that's just a bunch of emotionalism, that's just a bunch of put on, that, that's just people being crazy and acting goofy. Here, here's what I know, because I've talked to people in this church. There are people that used to think that. And then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you know what happens when that dunamis, that power comes in our life? You can't stay the same. Now, I'm not saying everybody's got to act the same way. You see people jumping around, and some of y'all think, man, I'd need recovery for four days if I did all that. But here's what I know. It's power, folks. It's something that touches our life deeply. It's something that impacts our life deeply. We are not the same after the Holy Spirit baptizes us. It's power. You'll receive power. What happens when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit? We, are have, we have inclusion in the body of Christ. Scripturally, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. For by one Spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Paul said to the Romans in Romans 8 and 9, But you are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. What does the Spirit do? It includes us in the body of Christ. It's not the joining of a club. It's not the shaking of a preacher's hand. It is a spiritual initiation into the body of Christ. Amen. What happens when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit? It fulfills the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1 through 4, he said, I preach to you the gospel which you've heard and which saves you, that Jesus died, Jesus was buried according to the scripture, and Jesus resurrected from that grave on the third day. Repentance is nothing but a death to self. It's when you and I come and say, we can't do this. We must turn from our way and yield to God. That's what repentance is. Baptism is burial. According to Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, we are buried with him through baptism into death. Everybody say, that's what we do. But resurrection is what God does. I preached on this at this church. Romans 6 and 4 says that just as Christ was raised from the dead, even we should walk in newness of life. Resurrected power. Resurrection was not man's doing, it was God's doing. But if we die out to sin, that's our job. We are buried with him in baptism, that's our job. He will resurrect us, and he will baptize us with his spirit. That's God's job. Praise God. Praise God. So death to my way is repentance. Burial of the old man is baptism. And resurrection to new life through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is Paul that said this gospel is the gospel that I am not ashamed of. 
For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For everyone who believes. Amen. Now I have tried my best for the last 20 minutes or so to give us a scriptural precedent for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To try to prove from, from the scriptures that this is for us today. And so, there may be some in this room right now that say, well, okay, preacher, I got it. I, I see it. It's in the Bible. How do I receive it? Do I got to kind of just muster it up? I kind of got to, no, no. For that answer, I'm going to give you this, the word of God. First thing that has to happen is the word of God has to be heard. I hope that's happened here today. Acts chapter 2, verse 14 through 36, Peter preached, and they heard the word. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I feel like in the last few minutes, because the word of God has been preached, faith is rising in this room. Faith in someone to believe that God could baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, there has to be a receiving of the word. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, after Peter preached, the Bible says, they that gladly received his word were baptized. In other words, when there's a receiving of the word, there's a reacting to the word. When there is a reception of the word of God preached, there is an action that follows after that. That is why, hear me right now, that is why it is scriptural for us to do something after the sermon is preached. To not simply say, that was a good sermon, let's go have lunch. We'll have lunch, but according to the scripture, when someone receives the word, they obey the word. Thirdly, we are to repent. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, it is the singular first step outside of faith that we must repent. We must say to the Lord, Lord, I can't do this on my own. Forgive me, Lord. I have been filled with the Spirit in times past, but I've walked away from you. So today I come in this holy house, and I ask you to simply forgive me, Lord. I'm going to turn, and I'm going to walk in a fresh new direction today. I'm going to let you guide my life and not my flesh any longer. It's to repent. Fourthly, be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I will save that for another sermon, but there is only one way in Scripture that people were water baptized. And it was in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It happened again Wednesday night. Some of you were here for the concert. And some of you, after you even left, we had someone water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. We've got people who we have certificates for right now that in the last couple of weeks have been water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The plan is very simple. Believe that it's for you. Receive that. Repent of sins, be baptized in his name, and the Bible says that you will receive the Holy Ghost. And so when the question is asked, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? And I want you to hear me closely. I think it's important when we come to that time to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that we praise God and we speak out in faith. We praise God and we speak out in faith. Amen. Now, I am not... Please, everybody look right here. I am not mocking when I do this. So please understand, I am not mocking. But it is one thing to beg God. 
please, please, please give me the Holy Ghost. Please baptize me. Here's what the scripture talks about, that it is a gift. And a gift is to be received, not begged for. So even the way we pray when asking God to fill us, we speak out in faith praise to the Lord. And we say things like, Lord, thank you in advance for baptizing me with the Holy Spirit. I worship you today. I praise you today. And God will fill us when we speak out in faith. Everyone say in faith. Amen. Amen. Now, I will close today before we pray. And I will just share quickly my story. Uh, I was 13 years old when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, I was raised in church my whole life. And uh, so I'd heard a lot of sermons about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And yet I was a little intimidated as to what would really happen. And, uh, you know, I, I went to church where every once in a while, certainly not all the time, but every once in a while we'd leave church and someone would be laying on the floor. We called it slain in the spirit. Some of y'all have been in, in services. We've had services like that here. And I used to think, that used to spook me, and I used to think, well, man, surely when God baptizes me in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to end up under a chair somewhere. Like, I'm not going to know what happened, and all of a sudden, I'm going to open my eyes, and I'm going to be in the back, you know, laying in the sound booth or something. It, it's, it kind of intimidated me. And, and so, uh, I, I rocked on for a while, and, and I remember, and I've told this story many times, I remember when my pastor confronted me and said, Tim, you're getting to the age you need to think about being water baptized. And it, it kind of offended me at first, and then I got over it, and I got water baptized. And, uh, and, and here's the thing. Listen, when you act in obedience and faith, it paves the way for more blessing. So can I just be bold enough to say, one of the greatest things could happen in this room right now, if you have the ever so slightest idea that you'd like to be baptized in the Spirit, is just to step out and come. So I don't know what's going to happen. Let's not worry about that. I'm, I'm trying to diffuse all those fears right here for a second. But it's in the act of obedience that God rewards that. And so uh, my pastor, it was a Sunday night uh, in the heat of July, and my pastor was preaching. And uh, I don't even remember what he preached about. I just knew that I had made up in my mind that Sunday afternoon that I wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that was going to be my night, that Sunday night. And I don't know, he could have preached on something completely. Op he could have preached on prophecy or faith or grace. I don't know what he preached on. But all I remember is I was waiting. My ear was tuned to him say, anybody want to come and pray? And as soon as he got the word anybody out, he could have had something else to say, but that was my cue. I said, yes, sir, that's for me. And I got up. I was sitting right about where Brenly is. And I got up, and I came, and I stood right up here at the front of, of the church. And um, I, I knew probably other people would come, but I knew I, I was hungry for the Lord. And I came down to the front, and my parents who are here today, they came down, and my brother was there, and a friend named Gary was there, and some of my youth leaders were there from the church. And I, I stood there, and I honestly, full disclosure, had heard it my whole life about the baptism, and I still didn't know exactly what was going to happen. And so I lifted up my hands, and someone gave me very wise advice before that. They said, Tim, when you pray for the Holy Spirit, 
close your eyes. Now, here's the thing. I'm not telling you you have to close your eyes. But here they told me, they said, close your eyes because you'll get distracted if you're looking around. Because in my mind, I, I, had, I had these fears. Oh, I feel at home right now. I, I'm, we're going to pray. I had these fears, and here was my fear. I was afraid that someone was going to come up and, like, palm Give you the, the back rub. Okay? Everybody look right here, Pastor. You have my word. Nobody's going to do that today. And if they start to, I will stop them. Because we can't give anybody the Holy Spirit. All we can do is set the atmosphere and let God do it. So I lifted up my hands and I began to pray. And I remember uh, my parents and Gary and these ones would say things like, you're doing good, Tim. Just keep, keep praising the Lord. Keep speaking those words out. And he said, give God, give God praise. And so I, I would literally, in English, say things like, I praise you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I thank you, God. And, and, and I had people around me going, that's good. You're doing great, Tim. God's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And it was like, it, it, was, it was not unlike when my wife had kids. You know, in the delivery room, baptism of the Holy Spirit's a new birth. When my wife had our kids, you know, you know what people, the nurse was going, you're doing good, Mrs. Gaddy. You're doing good. I'm about to pass out over here, but you're doing good, Mrs. Gaddy. Breathe, breathe. And it wasn't just a few moments, and God took my praise to him. And he began to speak through me in other tongues. And I began to say sounds and words that I did not learn and that I did not know in my own ability. Now, let me also refute something that I think too often people get confused about. We come into services where people are spirit-filled and we hear someone speaking in tongues and it, it sounds so fluent and it truly sounds like a language. And we, and we may stop and say, man, when I... When I was filled with the Holy Spirit, it was just sounds that came out, just little utterances, just sounds. To you, I will, I will calm your fears right now, and I will say, I want to use that birth analogy again. The Bible says it is a new birth. When my kids were born, they did not come out speaking full sentences. They just made sounds. And so what I will say today is as the Lord baptizes us with his spirit, if it begins to come out and it just sounds like sounds, don't shut that down. Speak that out. Let that voice out to the Lord. Let God take that praise and let him speak through us. Amen. I want you to stand with me, please. And I'm going to ask us, if at all possible, not to move in and out right now because there's going to be some people make some decisions for prayer that are very, very, very important. I think it's, it's very important that we come to him in repentance right now. We ask God to search our hearts and ask him to cleanse us. I want to give a word of faith to somebody. The Bible is clear. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us 
from all unrighteousness. I'm here thankful that when we ask him to forgive us, he forgives us. Amen. I think it'd be good for us all right now, whether we've served the Lord a long time or we've never served him a day in our life, we would just close our eyes and begin to talk to him and say, God, I place my life in your hands right now. Come on. I give the way that I've lived, Lord, the way that I live in my own ability falls so far short of Calvary. It, it falls so short of holiness and, and your glory, God. I see myself today as the word is being declared, Lord, through your eyes. And I want to be right before you, God. And Lord, so often I can say things and I can act in a way and I can do things that are just so sinful. They missed the mark a hundred miles, Lord. So I ask you to forgive me today. Come on, ma'am. Come on, sir. Speak that out to the Lord right now. Whether you prayed that one time or you've never prayed that. Or you've prayed it a hundred times. God, I give myself to you right now. I repent. I repent for things I've said. I repent for things that I've done. Maybe the Lord is bringing a certain thing to your mind. Ask the Lord to forgive you for that right now. Lord, sins that I've committed or things that I should have done that I didn't do or maybe a sin of ignorance, Lord. I didn't even know it was wrong, but I come to you today. It's an open book, Lord. And I say, God, forgive me. I receive your forgiveness right now. I say, Lord, you are going to work in my life from this day forward. It's not going to be me in control. I am yielding control to you right now. Come on, God's reaching for someone who used to serve him. He's calling you back to him today. He's calling us back to the altar today. He's calling us back to refilling and refreshing today. Lord, we receive that forgiveness. We receive that forgiveness, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you for hearing our prayer, God. Thank you, Jesus, that your word is clear, that if we ask you to forgive us, you will, God, and you're doing that right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I want someone to feel that refreshing that comes through forgiveness right now. Come on, it's happening in this room. I sense it happening right now. Someone's feeling a lift in your spirit because we've addressed it. We've, we've brought it out of the dark and we've said, Lord, I need you. I need you, God. I need you, Lord. I, I'm coming to you again, Lord. I'm yielding myself to you again, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have some of our, our prayer team to come and just stand with me up here at the front. And I want them to come from all over the sanctuary. Just They're going to stand and they're going to receive people for prayer here in just a moment. We're going to believe that God's going to baptize and he's going to refill and he's going to heal today. I believe God's going to do it. Amen. I believe God's going to refill some teenagers with the Holy Ghost today. Amen. He's going to do it going to be some people you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit for the first time today. This is going to be your birthday today. It's going to be your birthday today. Amen. So let me just tell you what we're going to do. In just a moment, I'm going to have you, if you have a need of any sort, look at pastor, any need. You'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, 
If you'd like to be refilled in the Holy Spirit, you have a healing that you need in your body, or you have some other need that you would like someone just to agree with you in prayer, are we all clear on what the call is today? It's a multifaceted call today. We've got people here right now that will pray with us, and we will agree in prayer. So here's what we're going to do. I give you my word. When you step forward for any need today, we're going to talk through this one step at a time. So don't worry. You coming forward, no one's going to attack your palm you. We're going to talk through this before we even start praying, okay? Fair enough? All right. How many of you have a need? How many of you have something, some healing, some refilling, some filling of the Spirit, some need? that you need somebody to agree with you on. Very quickly, I want you to step out. Come quickly, if you would, from all over the sanctuary. Something that you need God to take care of. You, you say, Pastor, I've been hearing you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I want that power. I want that inclusion. I want that blessing. I want that help in my life. Come on, the Holy Spirit is drawing here right now. We're going to give it just a moment. We're going to give it just a moment. People can come from all over the sanctuary. We're not going to start praying yet. We're not going to start praying yet not going to start praying. Look up here at pastor. Look up here at pastor. Look right up here. Everybody look right up here. Everybody look here. In just a moment, I'm going to have our prayer team talk to you, and we're going to find out what we're praying for. Because if you need a healing in your right knee, I don't want people praying for your left elbow. We're going to pray with direction today. If you want to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, we want to pray with direction today. So we'll take just a moment and we'll find out first before we pray what we're praying for. So can we do that right now? Could you just turn and find out what we're praying for? We won't start praying yet, but we'll just find out what we're praying for first. Here's what we're praying for. Come on, those of you that God's, God's tugging at you right now, come on, just step out. You can have someone agree with you in prayer. You can have someone agree with you in prayer. Amen. I'd like some people to join in just behind. You don't have to press in close, but just behind these ones here. We're just going to make a, an atmosphere for God's presence. We're going to make an atmosphere for the Spirit of the Lord to, to work, and we're going to worship God. I need some prayer warriors to go to prayer with us right now. I need some people that know how to touch the Lord to go to prayer with us right now. We're going to begin to pray across this altar area, and I believe the Lord's going to work, and He's going to touch, and He's going to minister. I want you just to lift up your heart to the Lord, your faith to the Lord. Oh, yeah. Come on, it's happening right now. The Spirit of the Lord's working already in this altar. Amen. You feel that happening in this room right now? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Let healing touch this house right now, Lord. It's by the authority of the Word of God. The power that is in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus.